Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the True Achievements podcast. With me today, as usual, I have Jack. Hello. Hello, and Dave. Hello. Hello, it's warm. It's warm. It's roasting in our outfits. I've got my hairy legs out. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's pretty grim. <laughs> uh, feel sorry for my colleagues. How's it up there? Is it grim up there, Dave? No, it's actually nice. Two days of sunshine. <laughs> <Yes>. Excellent. <laughs> it's always good when there's sunshine <laughs> in Manchester. Makes everybody happy. Good. I'm not sure I believe you. It always rains in Manchester, but um, we'll go along with the lie for the sake of our audience. I've been playing another new game that's good. This feels like a, a bit of a role that we're on at the moment in the in the Xbox ecosystem. Hot on the heels of Far Cry 5 and um, other good stuff that's come out recently that's just slipped my mind. Uh, sea of Thieves was at least interesting. And we have Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, uh, which I started playing at the weekend. Mainly because it won, I think it won five BAFTA awards that was announced last week. Yeah. Uh, we have a we have a Games BAFTA awards here, which I thought was relatively new, but when I actually researched it, it's been ten years wow. it's existed, which I didn't really realise. The first one was in uh, two thousand and nine, so it won five BAFTA awards. It has received a lot of acclaim for its mental health awareness topics. Now I haven't finished the game yet. I'm only probably just past halfway. And to be honest, that sort of mental health awareness stuff hasn't particularly come to the fore. Uh, but the game has incredible sound design, which is, I'm, I'm sort of guessing, part of that, where as you're walking along, you have voices talking to you in your head, sort of. And with headphones on, it's absolutely incredible because they come from all different angles and they sort of talk over each other a little bit. It's yeah, it's less of a narration and more of it kind of makes you feel audibly overwhelmed in some points yeah it's almost like there's some active encouragement and discouragement almost happening side by side it's almost like a devil on one shoulder angel on the other type thing but sometimes they're both saying the same sort of thing it's very hard to explain (laughs) play the game because it's brilliant but it does have a few slightly weird drawbacks it looks very playstationy doesn't it the first time i boot it up i was like god it looks like Mm -hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn or any of the, some of those first party PlayStation things look have a look about them. It's funny you should say that because the um, kind of a protagonist of a, the person you play in it. As soon as it started up, I thought Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Just it does look of, just like her. Yeah, her hair and face and ginger stuff. hair. Yeah, um, grubby um, sort of fantasy sort of setting and and yeah, it, it felt very like that. There's, there's, it's got a very PlayStation. It did come out on the PlayStation last year. I believe uh, it was Mark's game of the year and it's only just come out on Xbox this last week but it's the story set in the fantasy world uh, you are Senua and you have to travel through this sort of fantasy world it's very dark and gloomy and um, very sparsely populated there's not there's not a lot of other people around and there are lots of puzzles that you have to solve in order to progress through the game. And almost all of them are to do with perspective, so visual perspective. So you will need to be stood in a certain place and looking in a certain direction in order to form some form of symbol, which will be made up of parts of the environment. So either it will be the sun that's shining through a crack in the wall that might make a a symbol on on the other wall, or it might be uh, pieces of wood that are, wait. If you stand at a particular place, they they join to form a symbol that you're, you're looking for. 
And while most of that works quite well, there were several times, I'm probably talking four or five in my five hours of play so far, where I've just been wandering around, not really having a clue what I'm supposed to be looking at. I know I've got to form some form of cross symbol in the sky, in the in the air somewhere from my perspective. But I, there's, the problem is sometimes the environment's so cluttered that there could be a million crosses formed if you look in a particular direction. So it's very, as, you know, okay. when it finally clicks, it's reasonably clear, but you could be wandering around for a long time not really seeing it. Yeah, and as you're wandering around with the environment and kind of set pieces changing depending on what you've done or where you've been, it just adds to the confusion, doesn't it? Yeah, which I think is part of, yeah, it's part of, uh, part of the idea of the game. Mm-hmm. So we streamed the first hour of it. Dave, have you been playing it as well? Yeah. How are you, how are you enjoying it? I really enjoyed it. What I played, I played the so the the first area you kind of you get to branch off in two directions, and I, I did one, and I just come back to like the main area and I just started the second. So I'm not that far in. I thought yeah. So there's two doors. So you come to an area and there's two doors, and you have to clear both of them in order to progress. But there's there's one sort of evil dude behind one door, and those are the sort of puzzly perspective things, and the other door is much more about fire puzzles like i thought when i started playing it everybody's saying play it with headphones mm. and i thought well i've got a pretty decent surround sound setup so i'll yeah. use that and like the difference between headphones and even like a decent surround sound is massive like it's definitely yeah it's the first time i've ever played i think with headphones on purely because everybody was talking about it it's got that um but is it got by but what's it called is it by or I can't remember, where they have like, two microphones picking it up so it actually sounds like people are behind you and in front of you okay. and inside you. And then they kind of sweep around you as well as if they're talking and think this is... But I thought uh, the, the combat's okay. It wasn't amazing, but I don't think that's like a, the main focus of the game is it's like you kind of go through a few little battles. Like, Well, you say that. I was talking to Tony from Kane and Rince of Kane and Rince fame. Big shout out to the Kane and Rince crew. Uh, yesterday and he said that about halfway through which is probably the point i'm at the game sort of changes away from the puzzles and becomes much more combat focused right okay uh so i'm i'm probably going to be getting to that stage now but the problem i found with the combat i don't know why this was but i found the controls non-intuitive the buttons i expected to do combatty things were not doing the right combatty things that i was expecting okay. uh, i don't know whether you found the same I found uh, kind of I was pushing random buttons initially just to figure out what the controls were because there is no kind of tutorial. But I think, again, no HUD, no kind of button prompts. It would ruin the immersion if it did have that. So that's probably why they went down that route. But after I'd learned the initial buttons, it didn't find it too difficult. Okay. There was a kick on B, a slash on X, A was dodge, and then RB was parry. Yeah, Y is a heavy attack as well. Yeah. Okay. But, I, I but that's myself, quite a lot to learn without any sort of guidance. I found myself because like the RB is like obviously a bit of a departure away on the controls, different finger, you know, for blocking. Uh, and, I, and I kept blocking, and then I think it's for honor uses RB and and L, uh, RB and the right trigger is you know like the heavy and light yeah, attack. Yeah. So I kept blocking, then going to <laughs> pressing that RB again and like, all right, okay. Yeah, that's not yeah I was blocking and then crouching constantly. It <laughs> just well, does I, nothing. I kept, the, the thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit about it, because I really enjoyed what I played so far, was the enemies just kind of spawn out of thin air. 
Yeah. So you'll be running through an area thinking you're fine, and all of a sudden somebody just spawn right in front of you and smack you. And it's like, okay. And then they've got, I don't know, it seemed di- different than like, you know, Assassin's Creed, you can kind of keep them all in front of you and you can kind yeah, of Yeah, they come up behind you. Don't they, they come behind you, then you've got these voices going, they're behind you. They're behind yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, like, no. Um, yeah, that's true. There's also the weird thing where if you press the focus, which is the right trigger, yeah. Um, then sometimes it will all go in slow-mo and you can just absolutely batter everyone, uh, which gets you out of a hole. But that seems to need charging. And again, there's no HUD or anything like that. Uh, so I just found myself accidentally stumbling upon that by pressing the wrong button once. And it was like everything went slow and I could just run in and do bosh, 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 bosh before the guys had even stood up. Um, so that's quite handy. But it's got a really weird uh, or really interesting mechanic in the game where it tells you really early on, the first time you get hurt, that there's this um, sort of disease that's creeping up your arm. So you hurt your hand early on and there's got this sort of crawling disease virus thing that's getting further and further up your arm. And it says every time you die, it will get further. So there's, And then it actually says if it gets all the way, then it will wipe your entire progress. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's pretty... That's, that's like a perma-death mechanic that's built into this game. And, and I'm just terrified of getting killed now each time. So the fact that the controls are not quite as intuitive as I want them to be is a real problem. Okay. Well, we died a couple of times while we were streaming and the rot didn't actually seem to spread that far up your arm. So I think it's no, I mean, it quite it's lenient. Yeah. yeah, but you wouldn't want to put eight hours in and then no, on your tenth you've lost death, it all. you've lost it all. That would be, that would be awful. But as well, it's um, quite kind, like when you die, it gives you a chance to get like get up, like yeah. a, few, a few times before you die properly. Like, so it's not too bad, I don't think. No, uh, it's a very pretty game. Uh, the environments are great. It's quite gruesome in various parts. Um, but the main the main cool thing about the game is just the voices that are talking to you, and they, as I say, the sort of devil angel. Um, dichotomy on your, on your shoulders is, is really cool and it goes all the way through the game so you'll fall down and, and one of them will say oh come on you get up you can do it and the other one's like she can't do it <laughs> yeah. and it's just like that sort of contradictions all the way through and it's it works really well I, if you're playing this game definitely play on headphones i can't i can't explain how how important that is um it's really key uh it's been weird for me though because i've been sat in the living room playing it on headphones and then <laughs> getting totally immersed in it and then my wife's come in and like tap me on the shoulders <laughs> and ask me if I want a cup of tea and I'll just be like ah! <laughs> <laughs> nearly having a heart attack yeah. but it's um, it's a good game and the achievements I think are all unmissable apart from the collectors collectibles one yeah. uh, but there's 44 different collectibles yeah. so I, I would recommend not bothering to play with a guide because it will spoil the whole enjoyment of the game. But the only thing is there's no chapter select, so you will need a second quick run through to go and get all the collectibles, which may or may not be possible. I don't know if the cutscenes are skippable. There's a lot of cutscenes in this game. I haven't tried to skip any of them because I've been enjoying it too much, but um, if they are skippable, then your second run through wouldn't be quite as bad. But it's quite ploddy in places. I think, yeah. in, not in a bad way. It's just there's quite a lot where you're just wandering around it, it, slowly. Oh, run is on the right shoulder button, which is weird as well. But yes, brilliant. Um, I'll have finished it by the time we podcast next week. Apparently, the second half is much better, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. But a very cool game. We haven't really played much else, have we? Dave, you've played a few bits and bobs, but UFC. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's three or four achievements you can do in multiplayer in a private match so 
I did them with Will last night, just pretty simple. And I think I'm done with the game now because the rest of it's the terrible ultimate team thing. Ultimate team stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely pay to win in like the worst way because it's like you pick you, the more cards you buy, the better fighters you get, and then you can equip things to them doing like additional moves. So yeah. if you if you just start the game and go fighting with your basic character with nothing, you can just kick and punch and that's it. And somebody's there like judo throwing you around and submitting you and everything. It's a a bit of a nightmare, not particularly fun. And then I did some I, I started playing the Far Cry multiplayer. Oh yeah. Just because I, I was helping somebody with that. <laughs> and there's uh one for playing on featured maps. Yes. And we found one early one that was <laughs> it's the craziest thing. It was like a tiny arena with a like one team teams are on either side of this square arena, like you can't move, there's not much space, and there's like a, a big gap in the middle, so you can't jump across to each other or anything. And all you have is a shovel and you've got to throw it across. <laughs> and it's like it's, it's un- unlimited ammo, so you got as many shovels as you want and then <laughs> One hit. As soon as you get hit, you die, and it's the first of thirty-five, and it was just like stupid fun for about an hour, just launching shovels across a map. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, but yeah, that was it. Me done so far. Uh, yeah, I boosted those multiplayer ones. I recommend doing that. Cool. Okay, let's talk about stream. So we mentioned Hellblade already. Um, you also played Owlboy, Jack. How was Owlboy? Yeah. So this was interesting. This was a little platformer um but you played an owl so rather than it just being kind of left to right or whatever you had free roam of the screen because you could fly so there's some verticality added into it um it seemed very metroidvania a little bit like super guacamole um whereby you couldn't get through some sections until you'd got new abilities or unlocked new characters and uh, with just your character all you can do is fly but quite early on in the game you unlock a companion and you can pick the companion up by his head and fly him <laughs> around and when, you've, when you've picked him up you get um, control on the right stick to aim and shoot so he has a gun that he can fire uh, it's quite neat though um, the art style is really nice um, the audio and stuff seemed good, and there seems to be quite a bit of story over the top and kind of little little missions you could do as you were playing through the main game. Um, I think the kind of main concept is that there are pirates that are bad, and you've got to do some stuff to the pirates. As much as I can remember. Okay, it's it all right though. Um, it's quite acclaimed. It came out on PC a couple of years ago, I think, back in 2016. Doesn't sound like you're acclaiming it too much. I didn't play much of it. Ollie took the lead for that one. It's more his game. Blame Ollie. Ollie boy, we'll call it. Ollie's on Holly this week. <laughs> so sorry to anyone who was looking forward to seeing him on the stream yesterday. Um, and then yesterday you streamed a regalia of Men and Monarchs Royal Edition, which sounds like a turn-based strategy game. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It was a ah. turn-based strategy game. There we go. So um, it, it had a real mix, though. So it dumped you into the environment. There was loads and loads of story in it. So you had different modes you could pick initially. You had a story mode or kind of less story mode or like hardcore mode. Um, I picked for story mode, but the dialogue and the audio was really, really good. And the voice acting was um, just not something I've ever seen in 
an ID game before. That's that level. Um, the animation was good as well. It started, you were kind of top-down isometric. You started in a little town. You could then wander to a marker, and it put you to a little overworld map. And I thought, oh, the map's not that big. Went to another place, did a little quest, and um, it entered a turn-based battle, won that. And then it put me out to the actual world map, which seemed huge. Um, so it seemed like there's a lot of playability, but it features things called dungeons in it. So you'll get a quest to go and complete a dungeon. You'll enter the dungeon, and it'll have loads of components strung together, and they'll either be a text-driven section, a combat section, or a camp where you can heal up your people. So you can get... Um, the dungeon I completed was just three of those together. So the first one was a battle, then it was a camp, then it was a text-based bit. I'm guessing it can just keep chaining those together and you'll get dungeons that are progressively harder because there are more parts to them, other stuff like that. The um, combat system was pretty neat as well. It was turn-based, as I said, but uh, you had the ability to fast-forward all the animations and you could fast-forward it up to like five times speed, (laughs) which was great. So if you are getting a little bit bored of a combat, you can skip it in that way. But if you're in the story mode as well, when you hit a dungeon and you get into a fight, you can push a button to instantly win the battle and skip the, nice. skip the entire battle just so you can get back onto the dialogue and the story-driven sections of a game and you don't have to worry about that, which is okay. They've accounted for every kind of player, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even players that don't like turn-based strategy games. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of a game called Tales of Vesperia, though. It was less um, environment oh, yeah. exploration, but just graphically, it's kind of a associated, hand-drawn style. Um, it's, it's quite neat, though. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to, which is always good. And after that, we moved on to the Adventure Paddles, which was incredible. Oh, incredible. So this, this was a little platform where you play um, a little boy, and it's your birthday. At the very start, you go uh, you go up to a birthday cake, and your dad's baked something into it for you. It turns out to be... <laughs> It turns out to be, uh, well, your character first questions, is there a naughty dancer in there? (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing I'd assume as well. Which there wasn't. That's that's why I ask every time anyone gives me any cake. Unfortunately, it was a giraffe. Um, Naughty giraffe? But the, uh, the giraffe becomes your friend and he's in your backpack just with his neck poking out. Um, <laughs> and your character can jump. And then if you push the A button, again, the giraffe sticks its tongue out and kind of helicopters it around to slow your <laughs> fall. Um, it was a platform event. It's got loads of really cool mechanics. Um, the story for it is a bad guys came along were at your birthday party and he's turned people into hot dogs. So you've got to go through the world and you'll occasionally come across a hot dog person and you just keep attacking them with your sword until they die. Then they turn into a proper person and you've kind of saved them. Um, Each of the levels seem to be split up into zones. So you'd have uh, like two or four zones or whatever. And you got through one zone. If you died in the zone, it'd take you back to the start, which was a well usually. Um, So you'd have to platform through the section and as soon as you entered, um, exited the zone, it'd put you into the next zone, and that'd be your new checkpoint. Okay, um, they didn't ever go back too far. No, you didn't ever go back too far, and the zones were never too long either. Um, it, it started getting a little bit puzzly, so you had switches and stuff. Um, and the switches were 
kind of bolts uh, on the map. You walked up to them, pushed RB, and your giraffe turned into a spanner <laughs> and turned the bolt <laughs> in order to activate the switch. Okay. Um, so it's using pretty standard gameplay mechanics. Yeah, and then um, outside of the zone, you actually had a world map as well where you were riding on the back of your giraffe, kind of going between the zones. It just seems to have loads of charming mechanics built in. The, yeah. co- the collectibles were a sticker book. So you got little stickers. Um, you collected XP as you went through, and that allowed you to upgrade things like you could upgrade your backpack from a teeny tiny backpack to one that could hold more. Um, bombs and health kits stuff like that okay it sounds fun it's good though yeah really fun enjoyed it highly recommend playing it if you enjoy platformers yes cool okay next week we are streaming uh case Pal across 18 because obviously we would uh i hope which i believe all the process proceeds from that game are going to a cancer charity yeah. so uh check that out and then on thursday we are streaming atomic heist and then Babylon 20, 20, 2055 Pinball, uh, which <laughs> regular listeners or viewers will remember, we streamed a game called Quantic Pinball uh, probably about four months ago, something like that. No, maybe not even that long. Um, this looks incredibly similar. I don't I think to did, say. did we actually stream Quantic Pinball? Don't no, we did. Oh, okay, it. we didn't stream I it. I played it. But it's the same publisher and developer, and it looks same publisher, developer, and game. It's basically a reskin, isn't it? Yeah, they've just changed the colour. So I think this is the first time ever we've seen such a blatant um, reskin of a game. <laughs> I think so. Maybe I'm doing it a disservice because we haven't played it yet, but it looks identical. Hopefully it has the same number of tables. It has the same every mechanic is the same. It's even got the endless mode, which is exactly the same. So uh, check that out if you want me to get quite cross. <laughs> um, <laughs> with the public. Hopefully the publisher and developer won't come into the stream because uh, that will... <laughs> that will be embarrassing when I'm raging into this game. But as far as I can tell, this is exact well, rip-off of their own game. When you look at the um, the logo for Quantic Pinball, it's like purple background, and they've got a pinball yeah. with Quantic above it. And it's like they've gone, how do we make it look different? And it's the logo is in the same place, but then they've put Babylon underneath the pinballs. Yeah, <laughs> so they've just got in Photoshop. It's a completely new game. Down, 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 down. With the t- Imagine the if t- you were like a pinball fanatic, you hadn't done much research and you'd already played Quantic and bought this, thinking, oh, I love this. So, well, it might be different. It might be slightly different. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out on Thursday. But um, it does look identical, so it's pretty weird. Okay, uh, let's move on to some news, Dave. All right, so Games Pass, we've got the there's going to be three games leaving at the end of the month. Those are Lumo, NBA 2K17, and WWE 2K17. I, I think WWE 2K17 only arrived into the program like two or three months ago, so it's not been there a great wow. deal of time. Um, there's not nothing been announced yet for May, but there was um, a tweet that went up showing like a trailer for Halo the Master Chief Collection saying coming soon in Game Pass, so... Oh, okay. That would that, be a that, nice hefty download for people. Yeah, that, that tweet has since been removed, though, so I, it, I, I guess it might hint that it might be arriving in May. Possibly. Did um, Master Chief Collection get Xbox One X enhanced? I don't think it did, did it? Because uh, sure. if that happens, that it. is going to be like a 4 million gig download. <laughs> it's yeah. already pushing on 110 gigs, isn't it? Yeah, but if they, up, if they enhance it, that normally travels the size, so... <laughs> That's gonna be one. Could be a whole hard drive full. Yeah, uh, just of Master Chief Collection. 
Uh, okay, next bit of news. All right, so this was uh, kind of leaked. I think it was somebody leaked it to Polygon saying that the next Call of Duty, which is Call of Duty Black Ops 4, isn't going to include a single-player mode. Mm. So they they had a source tell them that. Charlie Intel, who's a Twitter account, who sort of like leaks quite a bit of Call of Duty stuff, they said that that's similar to news that they've had from a source telling them the same kind of thing, and they've heard it was going to be there's going to be a Battle Royale mode taking mm. its place. And then I can't remember who he... I think he was the editor of Kotaku yesterday. I saw him tweeting and saying something similar, but he thinks the Battle Royale thing might be a completely separate game, I think it was. Oh, wow. So they might be two... So what's the Black Ops going to have in it? Nothing. Zo- well, zombies <laughs> and multiplayer. <laughs> zombies and multiplayer. <laughs> so it's a, it's Zombie a, ops. It's an interesting... Change of direction if it is true. Like it, obviously, these are just reports and sources, but it seems to be being verified by it's coming from quite people. a few different places, isn't it? So, yeah. sounds like it's tr- probably going to be true. Uh, we had a question on this. Yeah. So, Eric Schaefer, uh, what are your thoughts on the announcements of the next Black Ops not having a single player mode? Is it a good or bad idea? Do you think this is going to be a trend? So, this is a good question. Uh, when I first read this, I was like, surely not, but. The amount of different sources that are confirming it sounds like it is going to happen. Um, I only really play the single-player campaign, so for me, this is no longer a, a purchase. I don't play. I don't play zombies. I think I've played probably three or four of the zombies out of all the different CODs, and I certainly don't really get into the multiplayer to any to any sort of degree. Uh, I'm much more into the the single-player experience, which I guess is probably becoming harder for them to come up with engaging plot lines and um, characters and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it just seems like a, a huge part of Call of Duty for me is is those are those campaigns. It was the thing that COD did right and Battlefield didn't do right for the first five or six of each series. So for me, this is no longer something I'm interested in purchasing, which is probably the worst <laughs> news that you can have, I guess, as a, as a publisher of a game. Uh, but I imagine I'm, I'm probably in the minority and they would have done the research on this. Dave? Yeah, similar. I, I mean, I dabble with the multiplayer a bit more probably than you would. Uh, but the main thing for me is like the the campaign. They never really great stories or anything. But I just no. it's like like a summer blockbuster movie in it where it's just action. Yeah, the set pieces are generally fantastic, aren't they? In these games. So, well, I, I like I, I've I've spent time in the past playing lots and lots of Call of Duty multiplayer. So I understand that multiplayer is probably their biggest focus. That's all the focus of like the the DLCs that they come out with that and zombies. And to be honest, I think if they did do a battle royale, I think they'd probably do it quite well. It's yeah. Just, but I, like you, like for me personally, it means that it's not really a purchase for me anymore just because that's the main reason I buy it is the campaign yeah, and too, obviously the too. achievements. And I couldn't imagine what the achievements would be like if they're all multiplayer and zombies focused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Jack, you generally need to... Um, similarly to Dave, I dabble in the multiplayer a little bit, but for me, the campaign's always been a bit of a primer for the multiplayer. So yeah. I never jump straight into the multiplayer because I'm shockingly bad, but I'll play through the campaign, learn the base mechanics, yeah. actually get some, like, get a little bit attuned to the controls and the game. And then I, it means I don't totally suck when I go on the multiplayer. <laughs> Just 90%. I think it's like going to make it a lot less accessible for new people that do that as well. Yeah, if you're yeah. just jumping into the multiplayer and there's loads of hardcore people that have been there playing well, it. Well, they'll probably have some sort of 
noob area or a tutorial mode. There was another rumor I saw that they're going kind of like they've been taking note of Overwatch and things, and they're going to have you know all the double jumping stuff and kind of some of the craziest oh, no, okay. things from Overwatch. What's so like really different characters? Yeah, so like a hero so, shooter. I, I don't know. They, they, they mentioned Overwatch and the jumping and all that kind of stuff, and then it was just like a tweet. But I think again, I think it was the guy from Kotaku who seems to know some info from somewhere. So. It'd be interesting. I think the like the the reveals, the big reveals. May is it? Do you know like where they're actually going to be revealing more about the game? So it's going to be an interesting watch just to see what is yeah, happening. There was a um, rumor, kind of similar to this, that um, supposedly they're remastering the Modern Warfare Two campaign. Yeah, and that was campaign only when it. Yeah, campaign be. only. And I saw a, a person on Reddit say this, but. Um, if they're just doing a campaign for that, that might add some some uh, subsistence to this actually being correct for the for this just being. Well, then they'll do like, oh, we'll we'll charge you like similar to the Modern Warfare remastered. You know, you got to buy a super duper bundle because it's two games, but it's two games with massive chunks of <laughs> them missing out. It's missing, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they don't really have to do a great deal of work to remaster no. Modern Warfare 2, though, do Again, they? though, if it's a campaign that worked well in the past, people liked it, and if they just remaster it, then it means they don't have to come up with a new idea, which is... Yeah, but I've played that, and I'm not likely to play it again. Yeah, that's a good point Even though I've well. played the... So they're limiting the scope of their market already, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird one for me, and I'm not massively pleased about it the, the worry for me is that if this then becomes a trend across the other call of duty games and they decide to do a similar thing on those um which would be bad because i do really enjoy the campaigns i'm wondering if it's going to be a um a full price game because if it's effectively if you haven't got oh, a campaign in be. there oh yeah it will be it'll be loot boxed yeah. up to the max and everything <laughs> but i can imagine as well like a if um, the sales figures come out for it and it's quite positive, positive, or maybe the battle royale thing is doing like a free part of it, similar to kind of Fortnite is now, I can imagine other companies are going to be watching and looking and seeing how it's gone down, and then if it seems to be a commercial success, then I can I, I can imagine others jumping on it as well. Yeah. Well, it's got to sell less, hasn't it? Because there's less appeal. But maybe the, what about if they put like the if the battle royale bit is like a free part of it. And yeah, that's true. Like, if it's like got Fortnite, a completely new game mode. Fortnite's free, but obviously there's all the things you can buy and skins and stuff like that. You know, if it turns out to make a lot of money, then I can see others following suit. Okay, we'll watch this space and check it out in May, I guess. Yeah. Really so we've got some games with gold news. Yeah, so obviously it's the middle of the month ticked over the start of this week so if you are gold you can buy or download assassin's creed syndicate which is a really good game and dead space 2 which again is regarded as a well done game that i didn't play because i'm too scared for that kind of thing yeah i wouldn't be playing that with headphones on Uh, uh, i'd end up punching my wife in the face accidentally (laughs) if she ever came in the room and tapped me on the shoulder while i was playing dead space i think i'd have a divorce on my hands also, we've got The Witness is free until the end of this month as well. So go get them if you go. Be waste not to. Witness the fitness. Yep. This week, Sega confirmed that Shenmue 1 and 2 are being remastered for the Xbox One. It's going to be like a joint pack. So I don't, there was no kind of info on pricing or anything like that kind of stuff. 
but yeah, you're going to be able to pick up that. Obviously, Shenmue 3 looks like it's a PlayStation and PC exclusive at the minute, but there was a lot of love for these games, and I know nothing Yeah, I was just about, about to say, them. I never played them, but they're very popular. Did you ever play them? I literally know nothing about them. Like it's okay. Way before my Jack, time. are you a big Shenmue fan? Uh, I know the plot is about a guy like chasing a girl for a city or something. That's as much as I as I know. Great. If you like stalker games, <laughs> Shenmue will be available soon. Uh, yeah, it's coming coming out this year, but obviously no exact date or anything yet. We'll let you know when that does get revealed. Uh, another leak this week: Xbox avatars. There's a, a tweet went up with a bit of a video showing like appearance and closet and all kinds of stuff. Looks authentic, you know, from the video considering what we've seen of them already. Yeah, there was a lot of effort to go through if it goes through. Yeah, if it wasn't yeah. they were supposed to be coming last year, and then it got there was rumours saying that it was going to be coming April, which Mike Yabara quickly quashed. Yeah, got quite crossed about. But this like this video's here. It looks like it's ready to release or almost and i've noticed there's a few microsoft employees xbox yeah. employees on twitter who've changed their profile pictures to like obviously these new avatars so they must be close i can't imagine it's going to be much longer at least for the preview people to see how they work we had a question about this we did this one was from uh tyler and it's actually our question of the week so we'll get in touch with you to you a code Ooh. Um, with the new avatars supposedly releasing soon, what ways do you think Xbox can better implement them with games and products? See, this is a good question. They're obviously putting a lot of effort and time and resource into redoing this system. So they're going to want to show it off somehow. Back in the day, it was your avatar, animated avatar, was the homepage of your Xbox.com page. And when you booted up your console, um, they'd spring onto the screen. Yeah. Um, I can't, I'm not sure that's really in keeping with the new dash, the current, the current dash at all. Um, which may, which obviously means where are they going to put them to, to, so that people interact with them at all? I, I can't see how I'm going to see your avatar or any of my friends avatars. I don't know whether they could just put them. You've got the social tab where you've got people learning achievements. Maybe they could animate those people's avatars on top of those. You've got a load of big achievement art, haven't you? Those things are pretty massive. You could put them on there, I guess. Yeah. What I'd like to see is like games where they have leaderboards, you know, like Geometry World style or Trials, where you've got um, a leaderboard thing. If you if you were playing one of those and someone beats your score, they, their avatar could just like stroll across your screen in the middle of the game and just start giving it lines. Like, <laughs> 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 Someone's just beating your score. That would be wicked. But um, uh, again, probably quite annoying. I don't know. I don't know how you could. I don't know how you could in, integrate them properly. Now the Connect stuff's not a thing. You're running out of ideas for them. I think if they go back to the original kind of the original stuff tied to avatars, that'd be a good step instead and actually get people excited about them anyway. So you had your avatar awards um, attached to achievements. So if you unlocked certain stuff in games, you got a new item for your avatar. And then like, if I unlocked something, I'd. I'd probably update my avatar a couple of times a year if that, but if I unlocked something, I'd go and have a look and see what it looked like on my avatar, like if it was a Portal 2 T-shirt or Red Dead Redemption hat or something like that. For sure, but how are people then going to see that you've made that change? Mm, yeah, exactly. That's the, well, I suppose you've got your activity feed, haven't you, as well? 
on yeah. the, um, the PC. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we show your avatar on TA, obviously. So the that's obviously if, the main place. If they go back to some games taking advantage of the avatars and actually using your avatar as a player model in the game. Well, quite. Yeah, that would be really cool. There is a. There was rumours of a new Keflings game, wasn't there? They use the avatar. Yeah, I think that was mobile. Only it came out as oh. a better announcement for that. Yeah, it was pretty oh. pressing that on it. <laughs> mm. um, Dave, any thoughts on avatars? No, like I, uh, loads of ideas for how to like cool rewards, like Jack, like you know, replace the challenges that failed and give you stuff mm. like that, limited time stuff. But like you said, like a, I'm just looking on the thing now. I've just seen if there's any kind of empty space where they could slot an avatar in. Yeah, like if there is anywhere, like I go to my profile, like, I think you can see your avatar there. Yeah, so your avatar, if you go to like your profile, it is there. But yeah, isn't how often do you go to somebody's profile? They exactly someone else's profile. Exactly. Yeah, they've tried to make it easier, haven't they? By like eliminating the steps to add people as friends and stuff like that. So it's almost hidden away. Yeah, but like you say, like it used to be really prominent on like for yourself at least. You know, as you're logged in, like yeah. the avatars were lined up to show the options of who to sign is and stuff. But you don't even necessarily need to sign in to do some things on your Xbox, do you, like watch TV and stuff like that? So mm. I don't know. Maybe they need like a PlayStation Home environment where you go to your dash, everyone's just wandering around. Yeah, there'll be some massive Xbox Come MMO on, now where your avatar's like Habbo Hotel or whatever it used to be called. We your avatar <laughs> strolling around and stuff. But Do you I mean, remember that um, streaming stuff? thing where you could watch a video with your friends and it had yeah, your like avatar sitting on the thing. sofa, didn't it? Yeah. 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 bring that back they've just done that with Plex they've released a VR version of Plex you can sit in VR in a room and you've got like coke cans on a table and stuff and watch TV with your friends there you go that maybe it'll be augmented reality yeah. you'll have your avatar wandering around your room you wouldn't be able to see your own avatar if you were your avatar <laughs> yeah, <would> you? true. <laughs> unless there's a mirror in the room <laughs> okay thank you Tyler uh, we don't know the answer. Let us know. Where, how do you think these should be integrated back so that people actually care? Yeah. Uh, a big issue that was affecting quite a lot of people, uh, we did like a site help story about it because we reached out to MS. Uh, people with big chunks of gamer score just randomly disappearing. Uh, they kind of explained the issue a little bit to us and said they were working on a fix. And then Mike Yubara tweeted out last week that that fix is now in place. So hopefully... Yeah, yeah. That shouldn't be happening anymore, and if it is, your gamer score should have returned, so that's good news. Yeah, let us know if you're still having problems on this, because it was a big deal. Yeah, it's, it, it never affected me, but the, yeah, it seems to affect some people like multiple times, and then I never got it. So, But saying that, I don't really look at my gamer score. I might have got it. There was, a, there, was a cool, there was a cool kid check, so it didn't, it didn't do it to anyone cool. All right, okay. That's why we were fine. <laughs> um, and then the last bit this week is the vote for May's TA playlist game is currently underway. Choices are Alice Madness Returns, Batman Arkham Asylum, Mad yes. Max, and Mafia 3. Okay, uh, this is second. Is this the second chance? Second chance month? for Arkham, yeah. Is it for all of them? I yeah, think. for all of them, yeah, correct. So these, are four, these are four games that came second in the voting before. What are you voting for? I believe. For? Uh, I'd vote for Arkham 
Asylum, it's an absolutely belting game. Yep, I think I'd do the same. I've got you, another copy of this playthrough. I think I'll vote Mad Max. Just uh, not. I haven't finished Mad Max. I did start it, but I haven't finished. It's got lots of wonky uh, achievement scores I in know, Mad yeah. Max. Mafia Three, actually, I started that and then gave it, left it when it was like a bit of a glitchy mess. But apparently, all oh, that. Oh yeah, bit, so. I barely played any of that. I think that's got a bit of a Wildlands, um, ridiculously huge, repetitive. Um, open yeah, world was quite issue. Doing the same you just stuff. have to do the same thing over and over and over again. I also found it quite hard. I kept dying a lot in uh, in that game, and it rained inside once. That was the highlight of. <laughs> I went into a house and it was raining in the living room. Yeah, so definitely some issues. <laughs> I think the point I stopped was when there was a mission. I had to go to a boat, and when I arrived at the boat, it was spinning round in the air and on fire. <laughs> and it, it, and then obviously I couldn't get in the boat, so I couldn't progress. And then I, re- I reloaded, and it happened again. So I was like, right, I'll just leave this for now. <laughs> Amazing. I think they hopefully patch some of those issues out. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> Otherwise, sounds, everyone's getting in a spinning on fire boat. That sounds quality. They need to patch more of that in. Yeah, more fire boat missions. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, let's move on to the questions. The other question. Yeah, so we didn't have any back compact news, did we? Nope. Tumbleweed this week. Chewie asked, we know OG games are unlikely to get proper achievements for in-game things, but if they are added ones for starting the game and putting a certain amount of hours into them, presumably trackable on the Xbox One, would that be a welcome addition and get get and enough to get you to play them? Depending on the game, yes, it would, actually. The only problem I see with this is that um, time-tracking achievements you just people just start the game and then idle it yeah just plug their controller in and go and do something else um if they didn't really want to play the game which is which is enough to encourage sales i guess but probably a bit of a bad precedent it feels a bit steamy um to have achievements just for having the game running in the background yes a little bit like their their playing cards wasn't it where you could um, earn cards in games and it was all time-based so you just yeah, well, also the, there's several games that are just you earn oh, yeah, every second, yeah, yeah um, for doing nothing at all. So Maybe they I wouldn't really like that. What about if it was like zero gamer score? It was just like you know that uh, when you well, got the Xbox where? One pre-order, you could get that achievement for. I wouldn't be by the day one zero gamer score. I know you wouldn't, but certain people might want to be recognised for the fact that they've played through one of the games again or something. Well, Someone showing it on your profile. If you've played through it, do they? It's very literally, you know, if, if you've it was just it. the start in the game, so you've got a little zero gamer score thing that says, yeah, I played this game. Okay. It's something you could put on your profile. Yeah, or... maybe if you, like, played all the OG games or whatever, or, like, if you played five OG games, you could have a little profile badge or something like that. That'd definitely get more people starting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I think what they should do is take the best ones and then try and track someone down to put proper achievements in. That would be worth doing. I suppose they could just do a remaster, though, if they were going to go to that trouble. Yeah. Um, I, I think I would be a million times more likely to play them if they had achievements. So if they can come up with any solution to that issue, the achieve, and I'll, I'll preface that by saying achievements with gamer score, um, 
Otherwise, I would just, I'm not bothered. The problem is you get the rose-tinted spectacles thing. You think, oh, yeah, that would be brilliant. Then you boot it up and you're like, oh, man, this looks like my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to play this. Although some of them do look, they look all right. But I think there's just so many new games to play that the thought of going back and playing an 18-year-old game is just not, not what I want to do. Okay, uh, then Loving Legend, he asked, would you guys like to see achievements across a series of games, e.g. finish 50 COD missions on Veteran, kill 5,000 elites in a Halo game, race 1,000 laps in F1 games, get 25 perfect reloads in gears? Could this even be possible? This is quite interesting. So this is something I would like to see, but what is impossible with the current achievement system? But can you remember the original challenge system? Yeah. Yes. Um, it was possible to have challenges that spanned multiple games. It just never happened. No mm. one ever took advantage of it. Well, I think it's also possible in the achievement system as well because they were the, they were exactly the same. Um, I, you weren't allowed to with the achievement system. I don't. Think. No, you weren't allowed to. But yeah. it is it is possible using the existing system yeah. for people to to do that. There wouldn't need to be any redesign to the system itself. The problem is that I don't know where they would sit. They don't really have a, a thing to sit in, if you see what I mean. They yeah, don't like have, they a, wouldn't a exist in the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but certainly the, the logic is there in the actual structure of the uh, Xbox Live achievement system to do something like this. I suppose you could create a series thing and tie them to that, yeah. which would be like a game. Um, and as soon as you've played one of the games that are in that series, then it would effectively unlock, un- unlock that game as, or unlock that series thing as something you've played. Um, and that would be really cool because it could have proper progress tracking on it as well, which I think would be really cool. Um, so imagine if you had th- like the total number of people you'd killed in all the Assassin's Creed games, or mm. you know how many. Um, yeah, that could even open it up to like joint leaderboards for statistics yeah. across those games, which would be ace. Yeah. Yeah, really, really cool uh, if they could standardize all that. Um, I think you'd probably have to think about it now and it would be a thing from now moving forward. Like, I don't think you could go and retrofit particularly easily stuff like that to, to games that have already come out. Yeah. Um, but certainly if someone thought, right, we're going we're gonna to invest a lot of money in a new IP and we're going to think about stuff going across multiple games, then, yeah, it would be really cool to, to start building that stuff in now. I think they'd be able to do it with the... With the Microsoft published games, you know, like because Gears of War, that I remember they always had, you know, if you'd play like you start Gears Three, if you'd completed Gears Two, you yeah. got certain in-game rewards. And I know if you could like go to Gears website, you can see all your kills and all that kind. Yeah, of and stuff. Forza has something like total credits earned across the series. Doesn't yeah, it's a Forza hub, doesn't it? Where it yeah. kind of tracks your stuff independently. You boot that up, and if you've had so many cars earned in so like the past Forza games you can get extra credits for your current Forza games or those past ones yeah and there's yeah. the Halo Waypoint in there, yeah. which is, exactly yeah. the Avatar rewards as well doesn't it oh well, there you go they could do something in at least their own games and yeah. it'd encourage you to play wouldn't it I think like if definitely it would encourage you to go back and play old ones as well that you maybe didn't finish or um, if you had something to work towards because that would be a really cool thing to have like I've I mean, we do something similar on TA on the series, but it's not. We can't pull in the stats from all the different games because they're just not consistent across them all. But it'd be a really, really cool thing to do, I think. Okay. Uh, also, some of the tracking doesn't seem particularly brilliant on some of those stats, but <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd even be great just to see like your time played across the entire series. Well, that's the worst of all of yeah. them. <laughs> well, <that laughs> the reliability front, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 
But actually, we could, we could probably do some of that stuff. We, we might look to add some of that to the series pages. I reckon Forza Credits probably a thing in, in at least the most recent three. Anything on Xbox One, I reckon they've probably been reasonably consistent on. We could add those um, to the series pages. It would be a cool thing to, have, to see, I think. Yeah, I think Halo Waypoint's got an API, hasn't it? Oh, okay. Sure is. Okay, question All right. Yeah, great question. Last question is from Mark, our editorial manager. It seems like many games are working on battle royale modes for their games, and lots of people seem frustrated by this. Is there a game or a series which you think would actually benefit from adding a battle royale? Um, so Mark, interestingly, was ahead of the curve on this because he wrote an op-ed about six months ago, which which um, games could do with the Battle Royale mode, and everyone was up in arms in the forums, like, what are you talking about? Don't mess with our games. Six months later, half the games have <laughs> got Battle Royale modes coming. Um, so he he was very uh, prescient on, on that op-ed. Um, other games or series which you think would benefit from them? It's an interesting question. I think something like Batman or something with an innovative, like pretty much any open-world shooter could have a Battle Royale mode with very little... Mm-hmm. effort i mean that would just work but i think something that had a more interesting combat system uh, especially something like batman where you can take on multiple people at once and you sort of chain attacks across them i think that would work I really well that would introduce the nice concept of um, heroes and villains and different kind of classes yeah. and stuff as well yeah that could work quite nicely i think um but yeah i mean stuff like far cry 5 would be trivial to have a battle royale mode in it um and it would work quite well I mean, any any shooter would work, wouldn't it, in an open world setting? Yeah. But yeah, so there's a more interesting one. I think Batman would be cool. Something like Mad Max as well. That could be quite interesting. So it's quite a cool world to exist. In. I think it's got to be something that's quite fast paced, isn't it? As well to actually keep the excitement and stuff up, because you don't want a battle royale mode in a game, either with a map that's just so huge that you never see anybody else, or it's just so slow to traverse the map. Yeah, well, you need you need the contracting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's is that. I don't know how you define a battle royale mode. I I imagine that would be it's the last man standing with a contracting map. I would guess that is probably the definition. Do we even have a genre set up for this? It's going to be something we're going to need to do soon. Probably. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sorry, genre team, but it certainly sounds like it's coming to more and more games. It's a bit of a a hot topic, a bit of a fashion statement. Someone suggested a drinking game for E3, have a shot every time someone mentions Battle Royale. (laughs) Um, There was um, one Battle Royale video I saw recently, and it was a mod for the game DayZ. It was a a game mode somebody created in the game DayZ. And rather than being a single person, you were teams of people, and you were all constrained to vehicles. So you spawned in a vehicle. And you had three people hanging out of a vehicle shooting other people that were driving around. One person driving the vehicle. Okay. And that yeah, seems to cool. work quite well. It's quite, it looked fun anyway. Yeah, I can imagine that would be quite fun. Dave, any Battle Royale wishes? No, like you, like I can see it working on like Ghost Recon and stuff and Far Cry. And like, like I said before, I think if Call of Duty do one, I do think it would probably work quite well. Yeah. But yeah, any like you could have Grand Theft Auto, anything. Yeah, like I'm that, surprised really. that's not a thing. I, it was the first thing I thought when I read this question, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to say that because it's probably already a thing. I haven't been really paying attention to GTA Online, but I would imagine if there's not one, then there will be one coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, like, that you, seems like a natural fit. Similar to you, something like because uh, like it doesn't necessarily like Fortnite does like a fifty versus fifty at the moment. 
And okay. you know, I could imagine something like that in like Far Honor and things like that, you know, so it's not the standard yeah. combat. You could do something in Assassin's Creed, I guess. Yeah, which wouldn't be like that, probably work, but I think the more the more they happen, people are gonna get kind of worn out with them and then it'll just lose the fad, yeah. won't it? Saturation yeah, totally. the market, isn't it? Yeah. How about a guitar hero battle royale <laughs> where you're <laughs> hitting people over the head with your axe? Um Good. Thank you, Mark. Good question. Right, let's move on to the achievement list. We've not had that many this week. Yeah, it's a little bit of a quiet period. A um, couple of uh, surprises, though. Hellblade got a second list. Um, so that's available to play on Windows 10 as well. Same achievement list. Um, ACA Neo Geo Samurai Showdown 4 is hit with 12 achievements for standard list. Casey Powell Lacrosse 18 has 26 yes. achievements. Streaming it next week. If you like lacrosse, yep. I'm talking to that one listener out there that's the <laughs> lacrosse fan. <laughs> come and watch, come and watch us play that. Um, Phantom Trigger is available with 16 achievements. Drago Dino has got 43 achievements. Babylon 2055 Pinball or Quantic Pinball. It's got 12 achievements. Um, Death Road to Canada has 66 achievements. And Titan Slayer, which is a new Windows 10 virtual reality game, has 16 achievements. Ooh, that sounds interesting. So is that only playable with the HoloLens stuff? I believe so, yeah. Okay. And one DLC pack, we've got the Hunter's Lake in Dovetail Games Eurofishing with 10 achievements for 150 games gone. That's really <laughs> <laughs> Euro fishing. I'm not buying that. Yeah, but you I can't believe I bought the game. You could go fishing with a bear, so you could like have you a few bears You can definitely fish. I've still got loads of fishing to do in Far Cry. It's the few achievements I have left. Uh, okay, release calendar. We have uh, Space Hulk Ascension, Atomic Heist, Phantom Trigger, and Babylon. Once <laughs> um, <laughs> a pinball, 2055 out today. I might drop idea line and say what's going on here. Tuesday we have Suberia Suberia, Suberia something like that um, it's an action puzzler apparently and the invisible hours Wednesday we have Runestone Keeper Death Road to Canada, Emily Wants to Play 2 uh, which I believe is the sequel to Emily Wants to Play which was a horror game which looked terrifying when I watched the trailer for it uh, then we have some DLC, The Hunter's Lake, that Jack just mentioned, next Thursday, and ACO Neo Geo Ghost Pilots. That's it. Enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> Don't get burnt. Put some cream on. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.